0: Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Did your child feel stressed in school? Have they been, I want to call it, labeled as having a learning disability? And as a parent, does it stress you out that sometimes these disabilities, as they're called, are sometimes being medicated or treated improperly? Julie Albanese, Dr. Julie Albanese, has become passionate as, as a young person and now as a director of Fit Learning understand and help your US parents but also their kids become more confident in school do better in their testing by understanding where the problem is and finding those problems and evaluating them properly. In our talk today we talk about exactly how Dr. Julie got into the profession and how becomes becomes passionate about it, how understanding how sometimes failures are not part are basically part of being successful, how her program works at Fit Learning, how it's helped many 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 kids nationwide become more efficient in their learning ability and beyond, along with, two, the long-term effects of brain development when it's done properly at a young age to so become more efficient when they get older. Also, too, how our, how our standardized testing has handicapped our kids, how to get over that to help both parents and their kids feel more confident. And also, to, at the very end, her takeaways of getting tested now if there's a chance of having a disability So we don't get stuck in the labeling of being medicated and or push in a different direction that we want to as parents. So understand the talk, my friends. Go to Dr. Julie and understand fit learning will help your child get to a better state of education now by getting tested now. So go in the show notes has, again, links to her uh, fit learning facility in Claremont, Orange County along with the previous podcast, while I'm connecting with her directly, right? So enjoy talking to my friends, and I'll see you next week. I'm Dr. Tony of Crooked Spine Show. I'm here interviewing Dr. Julie of First Learning, as, as my show is about stress, right? Okay, mine is about, and this shows me about, how do we help parents dealing with kids that are stressed from their education, from not learning, in a school sense, fast enough, and maybe not part of their program. though one way sometimes schools will learn. So, my job with Julie today is okay. How do we explain how first learning works to help a child get to their learning ability and how they want to learn? Correct. Beautiful. And getting to where it makes it fun, interesting versus most kids go. I have to go to school today. Right. So understand with first learning. Why did you get involved first learning the first place? Like what was your, uh, what was your goal? Okay. So
1: I'm gonna take a step back it's Fit learning. <laughs> <laughs> fit learning. So we're Fit Fit learning Inland Empire uh, located here in Upland. Um, you know my passion for education and um, educational practices first started uh, you know as a kid. Uh, I, really, I really struggled in the classroom environment. Um, you know, and, and if it wasn't for my personality, and you know, for seeing how hard my dad worked, my dad was first generation, okay. uh, more. you know, uh, from Mexico. Okay, got, it, got it. And it, I saw how hard he would work, and I wanted to make sure that we would make a difference in our family's lives. Wow. Uh, just first and foremost, just that first family. And Good. you know, I I felt a little lost a lot of times, but I just worked my butt off and you know if it was lunchtime or if it was you know just breaks in between classes i was i spent it studying
0: studying by yourself or with a teacher with a group
1: with myself just trying to catch up doing homework things like that because it was also in extracurricular activities Mm -hmm. like volleyball sports and uh yeah so you know it it was really tough to see how well i did in school that failed all the sats i did not (laughs) pass I, there's no pass or fail um, for SATs, but uh, not a good enough score to get into the Ivy League schools that I wanted to get into. Well, was? I'll tell you my score. Second mm-hmm. time was 800. 800? I don't even remember. And I was I just. So I was like. Not even. And I taken a
0: class. Yeah, and I did. improved my score, and I went to a college prep high school. I'm like, how is this not working? Right. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. It kind of defeats the. Makes you feel feel very. If you want to call it you. You're not worthy if you want to call. Them. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah, you're not good enough to be in in those uh, that school setting with your other peers. No. Absolutely. Um, you know, but I still got into um, you know, some colleges and I went to Cal State Long Beach and that's where I really found psychology and, you know, became interested in public health and and just learning in general and uh, landed myself in uh, an applied behavior analysis clinic. Wow. Yeah, working with uh, children with autism and developmental disabilities. Is that in Long Beach? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, My first job. And it was amazing to see this this science of learning applied to these individuals with autism who have this global deficit in learning social communication abilities across the board and they were learning. Wow.
0: So they're learning, how are they learning different than in their own school environment?
1: Uh, We're working with them one-to-one. Okay. Um, We're doing assessments and reassessments and looking at what are the core component skills that really support these learners to learn. You know, we can't just teach them to talk in five and six word sentences if they can't even make a phoneme sound. There you go. So it worked. And it was just so beautiful. So I I dropped everything and I wanted to study it. That's what Skinner says. Well,
0: okay. My hero. well, and a lot of it is I think is when you find that passion, it hits you. Right. Okay, now I know what I want to do.
1: Right. If this learning science can be applied to these individuals that have a hard, difficult time learning, then why aren't we applying it to those that have a decent time learning to accelerate them so that we can go to Princeton or Harvard? So how
0: how old were you when you actually figured that out? I was nineteen. Did 19 back then seem like you were already behind in going to college or getting into a degree or, or a career? Absolutely. Huge, right? right. And know I tell my interns too, and I have interns, you're only 19. Yeah, I know. You have a long time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Some people figure it out until they're in their late 20s, early 30s. Right. You have time when you're in that time crunch. Once you figure it out, what was your next step?
1: Well, I wanted to get into the best program. Great. Had to take a GRE test, mm-hmm. a <laughs> graduate records exam. If you don't know what that is, this is okay. an SAT for grad school. Okay. okay. Same story. I mean, 4.0 throughout college.
0: Mm-hmm. You can work hard.
1: But I couldn't pass the test, and I took the test <sighs> prep and everything. And you know, bottom line is these tests are a measure of your socioeconomic status. How much wow. money your parents have to be able to pay for you to be prepped for these type of tests.
0: Amazing, right? Yeah, or they're just
1: background. My dad was Spanish-speaking. He really could not support me past a grade of two. So from there, it was, you know, who could I find to help me? Who was that model? Who could I lean on to learn from? And, you know, luckily, I was able to find that in myself to find those people.
0: Good.
1: Right? You know, not everyone has that drive. You know, I, I would feel stupid at times or feel less than. They didn't let that back me. I was really naive,
0: if you could say. Naive but confident. Right. And some people, I would, I would assume at, at your young age back then, yeah. they're like, you no, I'm up. Yeah, I'll go and do what my brother does. I'll go and yeah. do this. Yeah. There's no reason for me to keep pushing if no one's going to help me. But, which is okay. Yeah. Which is
1: okay. But that's not the point of, you know, the American dream is to achieve any possibility that you want to achieve and to go out and do what you want to do. But luckily enough, um, I found an advisor uh, in Western Michigan, which, which is the top ABA wow. school master's program in the country, who understood what test-taking abilities were. And he said, you know what? I'm gonna get you, and we're gonna figure this out. Now I was on the bottom of the list. I just barely yeah. made it through. But I made it through, right. and, and he took a chance on me. And thank God he did, because then I came back here, and I started working on my my butt off, and I was, but again,
0: we were working with individuals with disabilities. Well, you were blocked almost twice with low SAT scores. Yep. Okay, now I'm going to be down here. Yep. Now my, my GRE, yep. GRE graduate exam is low, so now I have to find a back door to get to school yep. by making phone calls. Hey, can I talk to someone? Can I can I find that counselor that's gonna listen to me and, and understand what I'm going through? Because I've done the work. I understand what it takes to get the work, but I can't. This one test is blocking me. Mean, how many kids, students, college kids, high school kids, graduate students that can't pass that, just go, okay, I'm done. Right.
1: And no. then also, you know, being from, you know, that generation, that family, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you can relate to, is navigating those systems. Mm-hmm. My, my parents couldn't navigate those systems. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we have to figure it out on our own. And, uh, you know, again, I just, I got lucky. You know, I didn't figure out the system. <laughs> I just got, I just kind of kept pushing my way through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, and it, it, the journey was tough and it got me here, but, you know, I got those skills and it, it, you know, I had the great mentors that just led me to kind of, you know, just close my mouth, listen, pay attention, and, you know, do my best. And that's so what was I that get, in when, West, Western Michigan? At Western Michigan, yeah. and then coming yeah. back here. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: so your mentors, how old were you then?
1: Um, I was 22. Only
0: 22? Yes, still. Mm-hmm. Only 22? Right, right. Okay. And then, why did you want to listen to mentors versus doing it on your own? Well, You've it on your own so far I just play self advocate. Right. Why was it important to find good mentors to help you get the next step?
1: Uh, they want that path already. They've had the experience. Yeah. Future. And you know, if I'm not gonna listen to anyone else with that, my might come up with the wildest right. ideas. You know, <laughs> the dice and just yeah. <laughs> it just wouldn't work, you know. So if I find people that you know, you stand on shoulders of giants. Yes. And you know, that really clicked to me, especially once I got into my master's program, stand on the shoulders of giants, look at, at the path that they're walking, mm-hmm. doesn't mean I have to copy them exactly no. and do what they do, and that's what led me to fit learning, right? How, how did that connect, how did that link? Well, you know, with Applied Behavior Analysis and what we do with learning science, it's pigeon to autism developmental disabilities, so when I came yeah. back to California, had this beautiful learning science in place, what do we mm-hmm. do, how do we teach, not just Human beings, but organisms in general, from microorganisms to goldfish to um, artificial intelligence, we have that science developed in behavior analysis and beyond. How do we take that and apply it to everything else? So when I came back to California to look for an, a job, um, you know, again, not necessarily carving my own, uh, you know, road or space in the in the world. All I could find was with autism developmental disabilities and home services. And that's what we did. And I was so grateful for that. I worked with amazing families all yep. across Southern California. Families are so patient, understanding, just want the best for their children, and I got to be a part of their lives and see a difference. Wow.
0: This was working individual one on one? Yep. But not with fit learning. Not yours, with fit learning, yeah. Good, good. no good. Was this is back in Long Beach or was that? Uh back here
1: in Illinois okay. Empire. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I moved back here. And how
0: long did you do that for?
1: I did that for about fifteen years. 15 years? Well, about, I would say 10 years, yeah.
0: Did you, were you still doing some schooling too, or just practice? Um.
1: So the last seven years I was in practice, and that, then, um, in 2016 I kind of just had enough. I mm-hmm. We we had we have this great science that's applied to this great population, but I needed more. That's where I was like, okay, standing on the shoulders of giants. Small group. Yes. And now how do I become that giant to kind of move forward? Again, by still looking at what, mm-hmm. what's available. and. Um, I went back to school Great. I wanted to see where I could apply my skills if uh, you know I had a short uh, time in drug and addiction I worked in some group um, homes with adults you know I just wanted to see I worked in sports and fitness as okay. well okay. and you know that's really what it made it so we wanted to go back to school again not knowing not feeling worthy enough not feeling good enough to be amongst these peers and getting their doctorate you know in, in these courses, I cried on you know, my, I, I cried know now, my first day. <laughs> you know what
0: that means, but right. And how old were you then when you went back to school?
1: I was twenty eight.
0: Still yep. young, still three more lifetimes to live. Younger, amazing. Younger.
1: But now with the understanding of yep. what I wanted to do, because I, I, between those that time frame, I feel like I lived two or three lifetimes, and um, you know I've I've gone through a lot of different you know personal things and growth and. You know, that's where I came to that realization at about 28. I need to continue growing. I'm done, you know, just kind of being plateaued. And I, I want to take a challenge. There's
0: more out there for you. Right. And it was wow. scary.
1: And, But, you know, I did it. And that's when I kind of came across Fit Learning finally.
0: Okay. okay. And um, so. How did that connect or how did you link up with, with Fit Learning? I was
1: taking a course in, um, in program instruction okay. how to design programs to be effective. No matter what you're teaching, okay, okay. Uh, what is the science behind that? What are what is the the technology that you use to be able to design that? And I came across this um, individual. Uh, her name is Dr. Kim Barons, okay. and she is one of the founders of Fit Learning. Um, and she the passion that she spoke about educational practices and applying our learning science to learners of all abilities, mm. not just one population, but everyone. Okay those in the 99th percentile to those with dyslexia, dysgraphia, ADHD, autism, down syndrome, you know, adults going into college themselves. I just yeah. I just knew, like, this is the size If I can't do anything else, like at least this is one more further step to mentor the, the coaches that are coming in, the ECBAs the, uh, no, that I supervise, that there is more that we can do
0: than just this, you know, in-home therapy, which is beautiful. Great. But what else can you help? A higher population, right? Yeah. And when the community, when you have, and what I what I've learned from being a bio major, once you have a scientific truth, you can apply it anywhere. Yes, 100%. It doesn't matter if it's someone that has autism, someone that has excelled in school, someone that just needs a boost up. It doesn't matter how old yeah. they are, what gender, what what socioeconomic, socioeconomic background. 100%. You can apply that to anybody. 100%. Wow.
1: And Great. You, we'll touch on that socioeconomic background, too, because, you know, um, mm-hmm. testing scores are coming out and it's just crazy. But yeah, so I reached out to, um, you know, Kim Barron's and her team and I said, what do I need to do right, to okay. be a part of this movement? And This was um, what year-ish? I would say this was 2016, 2017. Right, good so, I That's
0: four years? Or yeah, that's five years. Yeah, five years-ish. Well, five years okay. when I started this process okay. and okay. I just wanted
1: to explore. Deep you tell me, a clinician, I love just working with you know, yes. families. practitioner. I I didn't see myself as a business owner. <laughs> yeah. that that part is you know understanding insurance and policies and things like Yay. that. That scared me, so I took my time. <laughs> Definitely took my time and just explored what it was like to. Own a business, so a lot of the business owners around Claremont know me because i love them a lot. <laughs> Good, should. Yes, and you know I reached out Again, to them. Get more mentors because they've done it before. Right. They've had
0: a business for 15, 20 years. Yeah. Why, why are you going to go? Exactly. No reason to. No. Good.
1: And yes, yeah, so when I reached out to them, this was also the time that my niece was um, starting to struggle a lot in school. That's right. Um, she was yeah. in fifth grade at the time, and uh, I wish I was just, my heart was. Falling for her because uh, the only thing that the schools and uh, doctors could do for her at the time was to medicate her.
0: So, doctors meaning she was considered
1: ADHD. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, instead of kind of looking at the holistic picture of her learning environment, her home environment, what her individualized style of, of learning is, okay. they said it's somewhere in here. We can't, we don't know where it is, but we're going to medicate that. This was also parallel to the time my, my father had a stroke. Mm, right. And he was, ah. you know, very depressed. And yeah. so I picked up his prescription with him and then I saw my, my niece's prescription. They were both being prescribed Wellbutrin. And my oh. niece <laughs> in fifth grade, you know, fourth, fifth grade was being prescribed this medication that my father was. And I said, there is something, bananas about this because she's failing in school.
0: So you don't need a doctorate to say that's not right. Right,
1: exactly you know but that was the best decision that everyone could come up with but yeah i was coming across this technology that said we can do more we need to grow that yeah and so i my the fire was okay, lit
0: yeah go we're good Thought to
1: make sure um, so yeah the fire was lit there and um, you know started the process and since then it's just been it's been like i want to say not revolutionary but it's just been so Amazing for me, you know, it's been True. it's been such a growth process to see the the changes and learners that are coming through our doors the, uh, You're talking about your interns and and staff my coaches come in and they are all so young too, <laughs> And they feel like they need to have the answer today mm-hmm. Yep. and they need to get it right today. And I say absolutely not. You don't need to get it right. No. You can try it Go for it, change your mind, go a different direction, a million other times because that's life.
0: How many times has someone said, I'm good because I failed so many times to then learn what was the right way to do it? Those are
1: the best CEOs out there. Yes. The best business owner, CEOs, the richest people in the world. It's just like I learned from my failures.
0: And you're patient to learn. Mm -hmm. And and we're all kids, we all went through the same process. We want it now. We want what's going to happen success now. now right. when you're patient and you realize it's a marathon, not a sprint.
1: So, but then that's very contradictory to what we do in
0: school. Exactly.
1: What you do in school is you have to get 100% A plus and you have mm-hmm. to be right when you raise your hand. Mm-hmm. And so then we get learners that are coming in that are afraid to be wrong.
0: I don't know this thing works. Ugh, and, and Yeah,
1: and they're like, I don't know. I don't want my parents huh. to look at me funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be corrected. You know, I, it's, it's a lot of these internal you know, thoughts, these private events that are occurring that are then blocking these learners to be successful in the classroom because I, they come in our door and they don't want to make a correct, you know, incorrect response. You know, for something that's, you know, just minute and I, we have to go through and talk about, these are learning opportunities. This is me knowing what you know and what you don't know so then we can learn it. It's um, and a
0: condition certain way to, mm-hmm. if they respond this way, they get the congratulations, good job, versus if you're done this way, you're gonna be Shame. demeaned or shamed, getting a C, D, F, yep. versus getting an A, B. Yep. Well, yeah, and all okay. we ask is that you try your best. Yes.
1: All we ask is you try your best, and then we'll figure it out from there. Um, you know, so that's that's the beauty of, of what we see here. Um, Walk me through your
0: evaluation. How do you evaluate new client, or what's a, what's potential someone that would benefit from this program, just to even take a step back? Everyone. Everyone
1: Everyone that is looking to, um, you know, do better in their, you know, academic background, their reading, their writing, their public speaking, their problem solving. um, You know, I mean everyone. We get kindergartens, uh, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, to uh, more recently to a doctorate student going to Penn State. Wow. Uh, You know, that just needed to fine-tune his skills.
0: Is it learning how to learn efficiently?
1: Uh, It's learning. So, our our assessment process and what we do is we look at the foundational skills that make up a learner okay Okay. so what are those true foundational skills that make up problem-solving a lot of times it's concept instruction it's in our science it's called mutual entailment commentorial entailment. it's how you relate and contrast things it's how you set up relational frames bigger smaller more less better worse than good enough worse than um and it's looking at how you can relate those two bigger pictures and okay. so when we talk about you know testing and test scores you came in and said can i can i share what you you told me about yeah, your course. English?" Yeah. i was a c plus student across the board i was like let me That's see okay. or in english, english um let me see your test scores you know in when you were about in in high school compared yeah. to the high school scores now there's no difference um, mm-hmm. Our students are performing at basic level. Not proficient, not advanced. They're performing at basic. Have you ever seen that ATT commercial where the surgeon comes in? He's like, Guess who just passed the bar exam? they awesome.
0: Or like, oh, It's that just was, a re- reinstatement. Yeah, reinstated, got my license back. Yeah,
1: and they're like, Is that okay? He's like, He's yeah, good enough. He's good enough. Good enough yeah. we're, not, we're not looking for good enough. Mm-hmm. We're looking for our, our, our students to be confident, proficient, and, you know, being able to
0: lead our future. Is there potential for kids in, in general uh-huh. here, but our, our teaching is, our institutions, our schooling is okay here? Yeah, never. That's the biggest thing. Can we get our kids, because they're our kids, here as young yes. as possible so they're learning down the line yes. it becomes easier in the future? 100%, because right now
1: what they're looking at is was it the recession? There's articles talking about it was the recession. It's so symptomatic, which it is. Um, it's this. It's that. They're pointing fingers at teachers, parents, uh, you know, schools, but they're not going back and looking at well, what are the foundational skills that are missing in these learners that are are pre- prohibiting them from being successful at the current level and Just, beyond. Yes. We are. We you know in the '90s, '80s, uh, Bush put in no child left behind. Mm-hmm. So now learners are passing at C level, D level, whatever, and they're going to the next grade level. They're not proficient. And mm-hmm. even with that, we are our measurement systems at the schooling level as it is, as as a, a pedagogy, pedagogy is, isn't isn't sensitive enough to tell us, are they actually learning? And that's what we do, we measure fluency and accuracy. Fluency means, can they do it quickly and confidently without errors, without stuttering? How do they know these component skills? Because then, once they have those component skills, what you're talking about, then they're able to make these neurological changes that allow them to make complex skills easier without direct teaching. If I know how to do basic addition subtraction, if I know how to do basic yeah. multiply division with my eyes closed, forwards, backwards, inside out, then when I do basic algebra, geometry, things like that, and learn those concepts, it clicks. When I have the basic foundational skills of how to relate things um, based off of their arbitrary and non-arbitrary, I meaning you can't see yeah. the physical aspects of them and do that fluently, then I can problem solve when it comes to algebra, geometry, when it comes to doing an ethics exercise, if I'm not reading fluently and I don't know my letter sounds, my letter names, you know how to, to break down a word fluently, when I get to cacophony and I don't know the reason why it says cacophony. It's such
0: a big word. You, you know how
1: do you how do you break that down? And then you're expected to read three, four, or five chapters in college in a day, and to an exam on it the next day. What okay. do you expect? to see with our suicidality, our levels of depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. isolation? You, you know, it's it's all going to crap. <laughs> is
0: there some point where kids going to go? You know what? I'm done. Right. I've hit a wall. And you mentioned the re- neurological program and how the body works. Yeah. Is there an, a brain change that occurs when you learn a certain when you learn how to learn a certain way?
1: Yes. And Dr. Kim is definitely like mm-hmm. in the forefront of that, working with a lot of neurologists and seeing. You know definitely and we you can attest to it once you've done what you do in terms of chiropractor, uh, a chiropractor yes. so much you're so fluent at that you're never going to lose that skill no. you know you okay. know what your <laughs> <The> brain injury <laughs> brain injuries the one it's yes worst. definitely or, but I but you can take a you can go take a vacation for three months you know so it'll be there and it'll be Man. there and, you know, that neurological change, it created a permanent change in your brain that's mm-hmm. not gonna go away, and you can apply new skills. You, you and I can talk, we're different, I'm psychology or medical, and it, it applies.
0: It works together. I yeah. did talk with a guy who, uh, he had a, a brain bleed, and he retrained himself how to coordinate, how to rethink again, too. Right. If it works for someone who had a brain injury, a stroke, an aneurysm, right. brain aneurysm, why wouldn't it work for someone who's learning in developmental stage of someone who's still a child? Can
1: you make me cry? Right? And these are our kids. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's the same basic principles, but we're looking at it in an academic sense. And and it's the urgency is now because you know, they look at well, maybe it's we're not teaching our kids early enough. Do you remember what you did in kindergarten?
0: <laughs> I, I think
1: I threw a ball a couple times. I glued pennies to a cardboard thing to see yeah. if I could count to a hundred. They're at, they're they're pushing the standards lower, so now they're expected to do addition, basic addition and subtraction before they go into first grade because not they think that's the solution. No. And you know, or they're um, you know, I say they, and it's not it's not blaming. It's just it's not looking at the simple science. Mm-hmm. The most. Um, the most empirical research, what is what is out there? And if, except we're, instead we're grabbing for straws and creating common core.
0: They're trying to figure out little pieces versus the big picture.
1: Right, or like just new solutions, let's give them bouncy balls, let's incorporate tangible learning, which is all great and dandy, but let's, let's just go back so what is the most basic solution? And the most basic solution is I don't think our, I know. I can't say I know. Yes. I know our learners are missing these foundational skills.
0: And then why don't they retest them every couple of years? Do you have these first to move on to the next mm-hmm. grade or next program? I
1: I can't. I know them. why, yeah. but maybe, yeah. it's I'd just be, basically yeah. pushing kids through
0: the system right. versus getting them to understand. Okay, we're going to get you through the system. But you, as you get there, you're not going to be able to function at that higher level. Right.
1: Well, there's, there's a lot of you know, researchers that look at this, you know, the, the background of teaching, and I'll give you the link to Dr. Kim's book. She, she writes this um, amazing chapter about how teaching came to be, how, the, how education came to be. It used to be a vocational skill, mm-hmm. and it's kind of turning back into a vocational skill again but it wasn't based off of science, it was based off of what is it that the, the, our students should know before they in, go, engage into the workforce. Okay. Okay. And um, you know, it was never informed by science itself. And then in the 70s, we had this, this uh, uh, research called, it was called Project Follow-Through, okay. and they invited you know different types of entities to come in and do this long-term research project that showed who, who could produce the best learning outcomes. Good. They had you know, social, uh, social, uh, emotional people, they had just traditional, and then they had what was called direct instruction and precision teaching, learning science. So okay. And that had the best outcome. Why? Uh, the, the, we had the measures, we had the science that showed, okay, we teach the composite skills, we teach at an individual level, and then we push through.
0: It's quantitative but, that point yeah but
1: then it was kind of pushed under the rug because that's not how we teach no. we teach this way we teach with a teacher in front of 25 30 kids and we sing songs and we do it that way we don't want to take away from the art of teaching it's
0: the the traditional system per se. right
1: and that's not yeah. that's not the goal of, of um, you know precision teaching or learning science at all I want it we want to keep the art um, the way I teach from the coaches that you met earlier, completely different. But well, we follow the same programmed instruction, we follow the same data-based decisions, and There's so, a system in play. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then walking through a child's evaluation coming in, uh-huh. what, do you, what, what helps the parents understand if hey, this is a spot, this is, is going to help my child get to the next level, to build yeah. a confidence again, an education. Yeah.
1: So we, we, a lot of times when I start off with this a consultation with my families one-to-one is okay. discuss what their their concerns are. Uh, from there I can kind of get a better idea of what we need to do in terms of an evaluation. Yeah. Um, we, we do three evaluations. We do a reading evaluation, a math evaluation, and a logic, a, a problem-solving right. um, evaluation. And nine times out of ten, I, I usually recommend problem-solving first. This is going to be
0: for all age groups? All or age, group. yeah, uh, all that's age that's groups. Yeah, all age groups.
1: We have measures. Uh, Different types of assessments based off of not age, because age is not a variable that we measure on. We measure it on basic, uh, you know, uh, skills like maybe like their reading speed, their reading comprehension. We might go one way or the other with our our, our problem solving sure. yeah. um, assessments and vice versa. If you're under the age of uh, five, we might do what's called a little fit assessment, which engrosses all of the, the assessments together. Um, so we pinpoint exactly where they need to be for the assessment and from the assessment then we can pinpoint exactly what my clinical
0: recommendations would be for services and walk me through a success story you've had with say an elementary school child versus a high school child oh my gosh oh my gosh um so
1: with our our grade level kids that come in you know a lot of times it's it's a quick cleanup come in just come in and we'll get you up to grade level and like one enrollment that's all we need Uh, you know sometimes you know when we start the assessment I can't predict the future I can give you like I think he's going to need two or three enrollments we do things by enrollments by ten yeah. weeks okay. we do ten week chunks
0: that's our system.
1: That's, our system that's what it shows our, our data shows that we can make them produce the
0: greatest gains and gains meaning that they're going to be permanent changes in their learning habits versus a quick Okay, learn this real quick, and then we'll free it all later. Right, we're not too late. We're not beyond Good. Good,
1: I like that. And we're intensive. We're four to five days per week. We're working mm-hmm. with you one-to-one. And you know, from there, you know, uh, after we do an assessment, and we look at the results, and we do a pre and post also. Good. Aside from our day-to-day measurements. And we might say, you know, he could benefit for one more, but really, he's at grade level. From there, Good. it's up to you.
0: Is there like we can come in and say, Once a month, hey, you just want to make sure I'm on track with everything? We can do booster sessions, yeah,
1: yeah, and just dial things down, but for the most part, probably won't need it.
0: And what's the emotional change in a grade-level child once you get them to that grade level? Oh, you see, just this confidence. We can
1: measure things from positive statements to, you know, how they're sitting in their seats to guessing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you see a reduction across the board with all of that. You see them smiling, coming in independently, sitting at the table, making jokes. When they start to, they they come in, they start (laughs) joking around with us. Like, wait a
0: second, confidence must be up here. Yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. it's just
1: a a night and day experience from that shy person that said, Mm -hmm. I can't do this.
0: How about a high school child?
1: High school is different depending on their needs. It might be a slower game because now we're up against eight, nine, ten years of learned, um, habits that might interfere and impede um, but you know sometimes we get learners that just accelerate through the roof and we get to work on our advanced curriculum which is so fun uh, we get to work on our, our basically our SAT curriculum I wow. love my SAT curriculum. Awesome. Things that I wish I would have known I beforehand. Yeah, yeah, we call it. You know, it's, our, it's our advanced reading, our advanced uh, comprehension and logic curriculum. We work on, you know, really intense analogies, um, you know, from and morphographs, which is our vocab, our spelling, how to write proper grammar, using proper grammar, um, using uh, persuasive essay techniques, and it's it's a, a whole different game changer there.
0: It's almost you're getting them to yes, now you're high school proficient as a yes. high school student. So, now you're actually ready to take the SAT, ACT, whatever they're called now, yeah. and now you're ready for the next level of college, um, okay. versus versus going college prep, college prep uh-huh. versus going to college. Now you're going. Okay, hey, what is this? I've never even seen this before in my life. Mm-hmm. What's the dropout rate just in California, of freshman college students? Oh,
1: I've never researched, researched that. No. Well,
0: I, I would assume it's higher than it would be if someone. Uh, did not take this course. Yeah. And did not do an assessment, get their right. program, get their understanding where they are to learn the next level. Because when you're in college, it happens, you're on your own. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. I can't help you at this point. Yeah. As we wrap everything up, we have about two more minutes. Yeah. How do you want, what do you want to tell parents to get them to understand how to help their child with fit learning?
1: So, the main thing that I've been hearing recently is we're all in the same boat with COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's not the case. <laughs> not the case. If your learner is not reading at grade level, is not performing at grade level, is having struggles in in any academic field at school sure. at all, it's not the time to say it'll be okay. There's never a time that says it'll be okay because then the next step is, you know, testing diagnosis, medication, you know, whatnot, when it's it could be just an easy fix coming in for 10 weeks, cleaning them up, and pushing them back into the classroom where they're successful. Um, so we're not in the same boat don't say like it's going to be okay because it's not going to be okay your learner's just going to continue falling behind um so that's if that's one thing i could say is, is that definitely start looking at what is the learning process of this child how can we work with them one-to-one first before we move to iep by report plan medication
0: um, that's what i worry about is when people are pushed that way as a parent you go I don't know what to do okay doctor okay teacher right. oh you must be more you must be more than me right. let's go your route versus yeah. hey there's someone over here saying you have another option yeah I, what i do what i dislike with doctors or even with chiropractors too is when they don't give you the other options you can do versus this is all you can do right
1: and i am a hundred percent and all my families know this mm-hmm. collaboration coordination and care. Perfect. Whole person approach. Um, so if we have a doctor involved, if we have the school involved, I want to be involved because again, there's no right or wrong. We're all here for this person. That person. Yeah. yeah. And that's all I want is that person to succeed at that individual level. Good. And you know, so never saying like there's never a blame statement here. It's just we need to focus on what's going to be best for that learner. And if I know that this is a big first step, then I want to take it. Good. Sure.
0: Good, good. Well, thank you for being on our show today. Anything else to finish with? No, thank you. You've made this super easy. No, it's, it's <laughs> not. That. It, it's getting the information out because you already know, the information. You know your information. You've gone, through are Dr. Julie. At that point, you know all the information. And just like, like with a behavioral study, yeah. it's applying it, yeah. getting parents and, and students understand there are other options out there. So yeah. don't thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Dr. Julie. Thank you. Stop the camera now. <laughs> all right.